So I'm joined today by Dr. Owen Everard, um, who is a chartered physiotherapist, which is a physical therapist for those of you in the United States, uh, with a PhD in biomechanics that examined the role of movement analysis and its relationship to injury. He is the inventor of the Back Aware Belt, which is a tool that gives you feedback on your back position to help users have confidence that they are exercising correctly. In addition to physiotherapy, he runs sports Pilates courses online for triathletes and runners using the Back Aware Belt technology, and he is also a lecturer in Ireland. Uh, Owen, how are you? Hi, Pav. Great uh, talk to you. I really looking forward to this talk. I know you're a big background in, in cycling, so I just love to get the different perspectives here. It'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yes, my background is in cycling. I have um, been doing a lot more running uh, recently, although about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I did uh, tear the tear my calf to pieces um, <laughs> and uh, probably could have done with your help uh, a year ago myself. Um, but um, so you're quite an accomplished athlete. So let's talk about that first. So tell us a little bit about um, your history as a, as a runner. Yeah, well, I would, I've been running for years now, like probably 20 years. So I would have started at 800 meters, would have done that for a long time and then moved to the 1500 meters. I, I broke the four minute mile. Um, I won a few national championships at that level and then would have ran 3000 meters again, won a few national championships, like three at, at that level. And, um, then recently as I got older, I was like, you know, I, I kind of felt like I achieved all I wanted to achieve in the, um, in the 1500 meter three K space. So I moved up the distances to five K and 10 K. Um, I would have ran sub 14 minutes for five K and then sub 30 minutes for, uh, 10 K. So I have all the, all the, all the odd numbers. That's what I wanted. So like say sub four, sub eight minutes for three K sub three forty for 1500 meters, and then sub 14 for five and sub 30 this year for 10. So it was nice to get those finished. That's awesome. That's um, putting my times to shame. I'm not even going to share my times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen from your cycling, I wouldn't like, I'd be embarrassed to say what I can get up to. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while since I've ridden a bike, but <laughs> um, yeah. so t tell me, how did you get into, aside from obviously, you know, being qualified in this, what was, what kind of made you, what, what was the reason for you, for you getting into the field? Uh, yeah. Like I think uh, as yourself, you know, you get, you start something when you're young and then you um it's hard to know what to do in life isn't it sometimes so you i went to physiotherapist myself with injuries and thought yeah this seems nice and i i liked sport and obviously i was attracted to that side of things so um just decided to get into physio i would have gone to see a lot of physiotherapists myself and just loved even it's a great thing to get injuries and it's the same with you when you're coaching it's a great thing to have performed at a high level because you know how much people put into it so where so when people come to me it's not just a thing of like rest or if people come to you for training it's not just a thing of like oh well here's something to get fit it's like you know what it's like to put a lot into it and try to get the absolute max out of yourself so um yeah so that's really helped i've learned a lot off different people and through my education and then i would have got a lot of little i wouldn't had any real injuries up until i was say in my late 20s and then I, I started getting different niggles and especially this right hip problem. Like it started, I couldn't like sprint that much. And then even trying to get up to any kind of speed in a workout was super difficult. Like, you know, I was still running 
terrible times for about 10 weeks. And then eventually I had to stop and I was out for another like 10, 12 weeks. And that got me really, I was going everywhere trying to fix it, but I started looking at Pilates and I started doing Pilates. And then I started looking at some of the Pilates moves and transitioning more to my feet. So they're more, much more practical for say running um, or cycling rather than just like sitting on the ground uh, or lying on the ground and did a lot more of that. And then that kind of brought, brought into that. And then during lockdown, um, it was grand when I could see people like face to face, but I'd be doing virtual classes and like say if the cameras are off or they'd be pre-recorded it was only when I saw a few people afterwards, it's like, oh, they're doing it terribly at home. So I was like, God, I'd love, I had had that idea for ages where I'd love if I was able to like give them the feedback. If they could kind of see what I see or feel it, they wouldn't move in that way. Or they, when they're doing their single leg deadlift or bridging, they wouldn't be arching through their back. They would move the way I want to move. And that started a journey now that's like three years of working with random like engineers and different things to get the back of wear belt up and running. So it's just funny how things evolve, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. Great story there as well. And uh, to completely agree with you, a lot of my clients uh, come to me because they know that I they know that I know how to suffer myself, <laughs> um, if that makes sense. You know, it's very yeah, and, important. And also right? then though, know when you're going too much, you know, like it's, mm. if you've been there, you're not going to give them a session that say another coach if you haven't done it will be like oh yeah just do that that should be fine it's like some things when they're written down on paper seem really easy but if you've actually done it you realize no no if i'm out on the bike for that long that's and then having to increase it like where maybe some of the paces aren't as much it's like you know uh, this is actually very difficult absolutely yeah so one of the things you'd mentioned there which i want to touch on um was that you ran or you ran relatively injury free for a lot of your kind of running career we'll call it um but as you got older you started to notice uh, a lot more or more injuries coming in to the point where you had to you had to stop so what's the correlation there? Because obviously, you know, I know as well that as we get older, um, you know, we tend to need to spend a bit more time on the recovery aspect and, you know, looking after our bodies. But from your perspective, what do you see with athletes, you know, runners or triathletes or anybody as they get older, um, you know, why it is that they tend to be, be more injury prone? I think your powers of recovery just drop a little bit, maybe like your hormone levels or for like whatever the reason it's like, it's just it's just a, a thing that happens, isn't it? That um you you don't recover as well. So when you're younger, it's not a case of oh, I'm doing something different. It's like I feel like you're nearly getting away with things a lot more. And then there's a little bit more wear and tear on your body. You know, it's not a it's not a brand new car when you get into your 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 thirties and and beyond. So it just needs a little bit more care. So I think it's I think it's those reasons. I think I was doing the same type of training. Another thing as we get older, sometimes we, I was just saying this to another person, it's like, you know, I still feel like 19 until like last year, but it's like, you look, you're like, God, I'm 35, 36 now. So um, it's funny the way things can, can snowball and you can say, trying to do the same type of training, you can say, thinking you can just do hard training and the body will respond, but it doesn't, you need to then look at ways of counterbalance, counteracting some of the hard work, and then also look at your, your training that you're doing and see okay what do i need to adjust it's like you get other strengths now i'm a lot more aerobically fitter i'm actually stronger but i'm not as powerful or, or as fast anymore 
and just constantly chasing the same times for my speed or the power is just going to lead to difficulties because I'm not that athlete anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there, and when we can talk about the mental preparation for something like this, lifelong athletes have to have a degree of kind of reinventing themselves almost, don't they? That's why you see people going from, especially cyclists, moving from the the more powerful um, sort yes, of sports, yeah. whether road racing or something, to the more endurance based stuff, like a lot of race across America, you know, that crazy, let's do a, you know, seven, 10 longer days consecutively and see how we can do. And I think that, that suits a lot of, you know, the older, uh, older athlete for sure. And um, one of the things, and just for the, the people who are either listening on the podcast or uh, watching on YouTube, um, there's a lot of, there's a great blog that goes with this and um, I definitely, definitely check it out on my website. We'll link it in the, in the comments anyway. But um, one of the things that I really liked um, that I resonated with uh, personally as, as a runner, cause I, and even as a cyclist, I tend to, I tend to get stuck in doing the same thing repeatedly. Yeah. So when I was riding a bike, I was, uh, you know, unless I was coached, um, cause I'm my own worst client, I can't coach myself. So when I'm doing something crazy, I always have someone look over and I always do the same two hour loop. And all I get is very good at that two hour loop. And then eventually yes, exactly. like, nothing else yeah. happens. But as a runner, uh, another thing, actually something that really, really stood out was your uh, ideas around variation in terms of running. So, for those um, that are listening that want to know a little bit more, what can, what was, what's your top tips there for, for you know, avoiding, uh, using variation to avoid injury? Well, one, recognizing that. I think that's a massive thing, that you can't just um, constantly do the same thing and not think it's going to lead to trouble. So really, the first thing is recognizing that variation is important. Now, where do you get variation? The first thing is having a coach like yourself, Pat, having someone that can structure things so you're not just constantly going out and doing the same 5K or 10K loop. If that's all the time you have, that's fine. But maybe one day you go and you do five minutes at a little bit quicker of a pace. You do, and then the next, and two minutes off of easy jogging. Next day, you do an easy run like you were doing. The following day or two days later, again, you do one minute of harder running, one minute of easier runner, one minute of harder running, one minute of easier running. This changes the range of motion that you're going to get in your hip. This activates the muscles much more. So having a structure, and that means writing it down. You shouldn't, every, like, it's just getting an Excel sheet out. It's getting a pen and paper out. It's like, write down, what am I doing these different days? And then seeing that. Um, secondly, then, is variation in the type of, training that you're doing like obviously as you said i do pilates i do that once a week now because that activates the muscles we can talk about that a little bit more but other other things you can do is like strides at the end of a run or strides before a workout is brilliant because again going up a slight hill like like for people on podcasts like i a gradient like you know about five ten degrees is massive you don't want to be going up a, a 45 degree angle which you see because it feels harder um just a very slight gradient is is perfect um but basically doing maybe like four to six 10 seconds 20 second hills if you don't have time say if you have 30 minutes to run run 25 minutes and do these strides one it'll keep your body healthier but two you'll get better results okay so don't say what can happen sometimes if people don't have the perfect amount of time to do something to do nothing cut some of the time and just add some variation in. If you feel like I can't get this strides done because walking back is taking too long, 
just pick the pace up for 20 seconds and then drop the pace down for 40 seconds. So don't even stop. Just do the exact same things that you were doing. Um, and yeah, so that kind of variation is important. Maybe you have two different pairs of shoes. Maybe you have like, say, a, do you have like a tri bike? Do you have a, a normal bike? Do you run on different terrains? Like these are all different things that you should be doing because you want to constantly challenge the body system. So when runners, uh, same as cyclists, but especially in running with loading injuries, they're all passive injuries. They're all Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, knee pain. Nobody's getting hamstring strain tears. Nobody's getting quad tears because we don't use our muscular system. The calves, mainly because we're not lifting our knees or our hips, but um, the main issue is that the muscular system isn't doing its job because it's not getting challenged enough. So varying your training with the surface, with your shoes, with a structured training session, so it's not always the same, and with the type of training that you're doing, that you're adding at least once a week, a Pilates or a strength training, will really enhance uh, will enhance your running economy, which should help, but also enhance that ability to prevent injuries. Fantastic. And I'm glad and I'm smiling because as you were reading off that list as a coach, I do all those things with my clients. Yeah, great. <laughs> it, would have, yeah, it would have been a nightmare if I was learning something new, but yes. <laughs> no, I know you like, so like I said, you you do. And I, look, I, I hadn't chatted to you about this, but I don't coach people. As you said, we have the Pilates, but I do recommend people. I know you do just to select people, but even you do a consultation chat to pav for that 15 minutes he can if, it, if it's not suitable for you he can maybe recommend someone because even people who are not that elite but the thing i try to get people in their mindset is that if you're going out for a run or a cycle there's no there's no difference in time like the time differential is the hard thing getting time to go out so if you're going out there's no difference in doing the right training as the wrong training and it just, it's its sad to see some people like, oh, I'm not good enough for a coach. It's like, if you're going out and trying to hit a goal, you're good enough to have a coach because they'll make sure that you're putting a structure in, that you're doing the right things. And again, it's like, I've seen people try to break, say, four hours or 4.30 for a marathon. And the buzz they get is the same buzz as someone trying to break two hours 20 for a marathon. If you have a goal and you try to hit it, it's worth it and again it's it's a sad thing sometimes where you see people at a certain level and they're like oh well i go out for a run but i'm not good enough for that it's like that's not a thing it's like you're putting in the time they're putting in the time and you shouldn't you shouldn't waste that time doing the wrong training yeah i completely rant over (laughs) yeah (laughs) i completely agree yeah i think the some of the the biggest um satisfaction i get as a coach is from working with people who are you know the the kind of very busy 40 to 50 hour work week people who are you know got young families as well but all they're doing is they want to do something like the tap to tour right uh, you know maritona yeah. ride london they're not they're not doing the they're not there to win they're not even there to you know place well in their age group they just want to do it because they want to do it and it's um and actually you know they they tend to give um the you know the best testimonials back as well right when they when they talk about the experience of coaching because most of them come from a uh a, a, a position which you were mentioning there where they don't think that they you know warrant it they don't think that it's their goals are big enough so completely appreciate what you're saying there um and i think that we we can talk a little bit about as well as as a coach one of the big things that i I make sure my clients are doing is some sort of cross training. I really like the idea of making sure that 
their training isn't all specifically cycling if they're a cyclist and um, uh, making sure that my my triathletes uh, you know have uh, strength and conditioning or as you rightly kind of were talking about their pilates so why don't we talk a little bit about how pilates um, you know in your experience your knowledge is uh, is crucial in terms of being able to um, you know prevent injuries yeah well as you said we once we have the variation the pilates also enhances with that variation because you're moving your joints through a different range of motion it allows um allows much that increased variation allows the joints to move which allows synovial fluid which essentially is like oil for our, our joints to lubricate the joints and keep them healthy the second thing as we said there is that there's three systems that we use the one is the passive system which is the the ligaments the tendons the joints, we always just use that naturally. The active system and the control system is the nervous system and the muscular system. They can get lazy, especially with like sedentary, uh, sedentary kind of uh, lifestyles. So like we're sitting a lot, the core isn't getting activated, the glutes aren't activated. So if we just go straight out then and go for a cycle or go for a run, these muscles are switched off, they're asleep. And it's like if you were... If, if your friend was out in a nightclub and they got into a fight, if you're there, you're going to help them out. If you're asleep in your bed, you're no help to them. And that's the same with your muscles. If they're asleep, when you're running, they're not going to be helping. So that's why we get all the Achilles tendonitis or the plantar fasciitis. It's because the muscles are dormant, essentially. And I see people going, oh, well, I do this stretch. It's like you sit 10 hours a day in what lifetime did you think a 30 second stretch was going to be enough there? You need to work because like with the sports Pilates, it's tough. Like it's a 45 minute class, um, you know, different one each week that we work on different things. But it's tough and people are like, God, that's really tough. It's like, yeah, what, what do you think we're going to be into? It's like we need to get these guys woken up. If you're in a deep slumber, someone like, hello, hello. That's not going to work. It's like, hey, buddy, wake up it's time to go here you know so um the pilates is great that way we take people from a base strength conditioning is great as well and um, if you want it i would always say just if you're doing it just have it in a a hierarchy you want to get your a good movement base first make sure you can control your range of motion that's kind of what we do with the pilates then you want to go for like what's called work capacity it's the ability to tolerate load like um repeated reps of about 15 just getting used to doing the motions with weight before you would start working on like strength of like say five reps or going strong sometimes people can not knowing what they're doing i see go to the gym they don't have the technique they don't have their bodies kind of robust enough they go trying to lift kind of heavy and get themselves in trouble because they haven't followed that kind of um they haven't followed that that pattern Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a big um, for strength and conditioning, especially when we're talking about weight bearing, um, periodizing around training is is kind of quite fundamental for me, at least is uh, making sure that you spend 
a bit of what we would call the off season where you're furthest away from your, your events doing stuff like anatomical adaptation and making yeah, sure big that time. you can, yeah. yeah. That, that once you start to get on those big heavy weights that you've at least got the form down. Cause I mean, we've all been to the gym and we've all seen people who, <laughs> who, who look like they could do with a bit of help. And it's, um, you know, just don't be that guy for, for, for not that, for not the, the reason of looking bad for, for the reason of, you know, you're going to give yourself an injury or you're going to get. Yeah. And you're not getting the benefits then. Like if you, if you're doing like, that's with the back of wear belt as well. I was kind of seeing people, if you're doing like um, an exercise wrong, when you're putting the, like, where where you move is where the force goes through so if you're not like in a single leg deadlift correctly that you're like back is forward all the pressure is going on your spine or those back muscles so you think you're doing a glute-based exercise or a leg-based exercise but you're not actually working the legs or the glutes you're working your back muscles or you're over stressing the back so it's about not only so you're increasing the chance of injury say for your back but you're also not getting the results that you should Absolutely. And I think you've mentioned it a couple of times now. Tell us a little bit more about the back aware belt. Yeah, well, not like as I said, it was just an idea where basically it gives you instant feedback on your back position. So there's an app and um a vibrating unit in it. So if you move into a poor position, it essentially vibrates or buzzes to tell you're in a bad position to move back out. So it was just a way of trying to give people feedback on their position when they're working out. So we use it with the Pilates currently, you know, we're, we're still trying to get some more units out. It's just like trying to uh, work on all these things that people know that they're working out correctly. That like, say if we're doing a, a plank, a lot of times people like, they drop their stomach down a lot. So now you're just kind of using your hip flexors and using your back muscles to hold a plank, but you're not working the lower abdominals you're not working the core so it's like finding that neutral and then being able to see on a screen that yeah you're in that position and if you do that all of a sudden we do a plank from our knees a lot of times because when you're actually working the muscles you can really feel it whereas we've kind of just been transitioned that like any position is good enough like oh if i have i'm down slightly in the middle so that's fine it's like it's not fine you're not working the things that you think you should be working so you know if you do three minutes of a plank every day but the plank is terrible it's like what have you really improved absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah and um so for people who are interested in this where can they go for more information oh brilliant yeah you can go to backwearbelt.com uh, uh you can read about it there and we have the the card there there's a little bit of a waiting list but uh get in there and we'll um we'll see it and then if anyone's interested in like articles you can go to everardpilates.com forward slash book as you said we did a good article here on um how to prevent injury with that variation uh adding added adding uh some kind of strength component to your workout and then not not losing too much force is another thing that like have some strides built in as as pav has if you're doing longer stuff have that in all the time don't don't ever fully commit to one time in your season unless it's like a big big peak so everardpilates.com forward slash book for a lot of those you know health um articles and training and stuff like that it's a good read fantastic and we'll link all of this within um youtube or podcast and um on the blog on a website as well um which is uh fantastic so thank you so much for, for your time today um owen and um 
like I say to everybody that's listening or watching or um, whatever, uh, head to, to coachpav.com um, and go to the blog and you'll be able to find um, Owen's blog, uh, why runners get injured, in, why runners get injured and what to do about it, um, which is fantastic. It's a great read. I recommend everybody to, to read that and have a look through loads of information, uh, videos that he's uh, done on certain specific uh, moves and how to get it right, linked to his online sports Pilates courses. And of course, I will put a link for the back aware belt in there too. Um, so thank you so much for, for your time today. Great, Pav. And I can I just say as well, if people yeah. have... Obviously, when we're talking here, um, people might have questions. The more specific you can get, me and Pav can be in the comments of this YouTube recording. It's probably easier than on the podcast, but we can answer anything there. And, and again, as specific as possible. And uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions. Yeah. So thanks so many for having me on. Really appreciate it. No, absolutely. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure. And you're right. Yes, leave us a comment and definitely share with your friends um, or a thumbs up. And uh, thank you, everybody. Have a great day.